0: So today is also the first Sunday of Advent. Today we light the candle of hope. The Advent wreath is a really old tradition from ancient Rome and it got uh, popularized by Martin Luther during the Reformation. He used it to teach people church doctrine, the four candles. So the first uh, three purple candles are hope, uh, love, and joy. And then the fourth candle, which is rose-colored, symbolizes perfect peace with God uh, because of They say that roses are the perfect flower. That's why people give them to the people they love. So that rose candle symbolizes uh, perfect peace with God. And then the white pillar candle symbolizes the advent of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. So I really invite you this Advent season. You know, God's given us our imagination for a reason. The imagination has a great purpose. And some people think of logical thinking and logical thought and planning as being the most important part of our cognitive process. But the imagination has been given by God to reach amazing things. If you think about it, how do you get from uneducated without a job to a place where you're educated with a job, maybe owning a home? How do you do it? You imagine yourself as someone who has reached that goal. You know, how, how, did, how did people get through medical school? I don't know how they do it still. But they imagine that goal and the end is in sight. And God's given us a gift of imagination, not just for unicorns and fairy tales, but for real life, okay? This Advent season, I invite you to consider your, consider your imagination a holy gift from God that God's given you. It's a gift that you can use to anticipate the coming of Jesus and to think to yourself as we go through these, as we tick through this countdown towards the birth of Christ, which we're commemorating on, on Christmas this year uh, in just four weeks to use this time to prepare your heart for the coming of Jesus in your life. Because God's posture is a posture of generosity. God's posture is giving mercy and grace. And, uh, and God really does go where he's wanted. This is a quote from A.W. Tozer. He's a, God's a gentleman. He goes where he's wanted. What we do is we prepare the soil of our lives and the soil of our hearts, and then God comes. God is drawn to a pure intention in a human heart to draw near to him. And so, during this Advent season, I just invite you to join uh, with us as we, as we tick down the final countdown to Jesus' birth, which is actually, these candles were originally just a countdown, 4, 3, 2, 1, we've kind of given them new meaning. Uh, so I'm going to invite Jackie up, she is going to read uh, a, cup, uh, a passage from Isaiah, and I'm going to light the first candle, and then we'll pray together. See darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we light this candle of hope, we uh, recognize that you came into a dark world. That Jesus, you came into the dark world. God, who is pure light, in him there is no darkness at all, came into a dark world uh, to seek and save what was lost. <laughs> we thank you for the hope that we have uh, of the coming of Jesus into this world that didn't just have implications for back then when you came into the world, has implications for now in our lives, in the current darkness within us and in, our, and in our world, and it has implications for the future that we will be raised in, in, to new life in Christ. We give you thanks for this hope that we have who are in Jesus. And we pray uh, that you would allow this Advent season to be a time when we come to know you in a deeper way than we ever have before. Uh, we love you. Uh, we thank you for all of the great gifts you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Pretty good for a really pregnant lady, right guys? Come on. <laughs> That 's uh that 's what you call aerobic exercise when you 're pregnant, just walking to the front of the place, so I really kudos to Jackie honestly so we are we're moving down to our last eight minutes together today guys let 's face it. you guys are all glazed over you 're thinking there's going to be a sermon now, right I would like to i ha, I've, I've prepared a sermon for you it's great um, we are going to read the verse together and I'm going to share with you the things that I find most important in my consciousness in the final minutes that we have together. So, uh, let's uh, open up our Bibles to James chapter 5. And we're starting in the end of uh, verse 16, part B, the prayer of the righteous man and going to the end of the chapter. This is our final message. It says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, And the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Please pray pray with me. Father God, I thank you for your word, your living word, and your written word. I pray that your living word would speak to us and bring about life transformation in just the moments we have left this morning as we go through this passage and look at what you have to say to us through it. Um, we give you all the praise and glory this morning. And especially me, Lord, who is, um, who's prepared a message, but you are bringing to mind uh, for me even now the most important things that you have to say to your people. And that is a gift um, to be able to explore your word in a deep way and then to just just have it on my heart so such excitement for this word, um, that even not sharing the fullness of it um, that I've prepared that you 've given me um, just such a joy for it. I, I thank you for that god it 's a great joy and a great privilege, and I pray that you would use my words and allow us to hear from you this morning in Jesus name amen. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective so how many people feel like when they pray, they think, yeah, I'm a righteous person, I'm powerful and effective now. I, mean, uh, I, I think that sometimes we, re- we read that word righteous and we, we put some things into it that perhaps uh, are too high of an expectations for us, and so we think, you know, we're not really righteous, maybe our prayers aren't heard by God. So not only do we who believe in Christ believe that Jesus, as we've talked about in the table this morning, and even in the Advent wreath, not only do we, do we believe that Jesus' righteousness is on us, we have the We have the righteousness of Christ. Okay, it says in, in, in Romans: when God looks at us, because of the blood of Jesus, He doesn't see our stain and our sins. He sees the righteousness of Jesus, who lived a perfect life. It's really quite remarkable. There's a, there's a doctrine. None of this is in the sermon, by the way. Uh, there, there's a doctrine uh, that talks about imputation of the righteousness of Christ. So not only are we forgiven when we confess Jesus as Lord and, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we are given the righteousness of Jesus in our lives. We're get, Picture it this way. Uh, some of you have experienced different levels of credit card debt, and it's very heavy on your heart. So say you have $75,000 of credit card debt. So imagine if one day someone who was very benevolent came along and, and he um, canceled your debt, made it zero. So what Jesus has, God's done that, Right? For those of us who have faith. What Jesus has done, what God has done through Jesus is, because God is such a generous giver, he's given us the full amount in Jesus' account as well. So we not, when God looks at us, he doesn't only see someone forgiven, he sees the righteousness of Jesus, the riches of God in our account. That's an incredible thought. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. One of the reasons we're righteous is because we have Jesus Christ and his righteousness in our account. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, think about what you're doing. You're praying through the wealthy one. You're praying through the righteousness of Jesus. And Jesus himself uh, is interceding for us, the Bible teaches. And also the things that we can't quite spit out, the Holy Spirit um, intercedes for us with words that our human groanings cannot even express. Uh, grace upon grace, gift upon gift from God. Uh, second thing about righteous, about righteousness is we're not talking about being sinless when we talk about being a generally righteous person. What this word is really getting at is a, single, a single-mindedness a single in your relationship with God. And what this means is that you're sincerely interested in doing God's will and cultivating a relationship with God for real. That's something you really desire to do in your heart. And you do it single-mindedly. In other words, when you're pursuing God, you really mean it. God goes where he's wanted. People that have this kind of single-minded um, Sincere interest in doing God's will and cultivating a relationship with God, come to know God's heart. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. So, righteousness isn't about being sinless. Uh, Jesus in Mark sixteen seventeen didn't say these signs will accompany those who behave. All right, if you're familiar with the Bible, he said these these signs will accompany those who believe, and the disciples went at, and went and did miraculous signs and wonders. Uh, because they believed in Jesus, not because they behaved behave perfectly. This is, so your prayers are actually powerful and effective for those two reasons. And if you feel in your heart that you're not really sincere in your relationship with Christ, you're kind of like half-hearted, doing a hokey-pokey with the whole thing, um, that's a gift to be aware of that, by the way. That's a gift to be aware of that. Like, praise God. You're aware that you're double-minded, that you're not really walking in righteousness. Confess that to someone you trust and beget, receive prayer. Receive restoration so that you can connect back up to the head who is Christ and begin praying with effectiveness because the prayer of the righteous moved mountains. Uh, and that's, that's the truth. So Elijah is offered as an as example of someone whose prayers did amazing things. I'm not going to read through the whole story of Elijah. It's in 1 Kings 17 and 18. But I'd like to just reflect on, very simply on what I think James' point is talking about Elijah. So listen to this. In 1 Kings 17 and 18, I'm going to sum up this two chapters. Uh, Verse 8 of of chapter 17, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah. In verse 14, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Verse 16, the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And then uh, 18, verse 1, After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. Uh, the 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 verse in our text today says Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The thing that I've learned about prayer through Elijah is that you know we talk about having need based prayers with God. God I need this. God I need that. God I need this. God I need that. And it's okay to have need based prayers, right? It's okay to have things that you need from God. However, as we talked about last week, it's a rather unbalanced relationship because if you did that to one of your earthly friends, it wouldn't go so well. That person would get sick of you real quick. But God is benevolent, loving, faithful, kind, compassionate. God doesn't give up on us even though we're very needy with him. So need, being need, having need-based prayers is not a bad thing as long as that's not all you do. You can't be a one-gear person. The thing that I've learned from Elijah is that, um, and the thing that God's really revealed to me in my heart, is that Elijah was the type of guy, he was a a person just like us, it says in the the text. Actually, the word actually means exactly like us, same limitation, same as anyone here. The amazing thing about Elijah was he cultivated a single-minded relationship with God, um, which all of us can also do, which I've kind of shared with you already. And it wasn't just a needs-based relationship where Elijah was asking God for things. It got to the point with Elijah where God asked Elijah for things. He flipped it, you know? This is the essence of really powerful stuff happening in the church. Flipped it. God got to a point with Elijah where he could say, hey, Elijah, well, Elijah could be in prayer, and he could say, Elijah, I need you to pray that the heavens close and there's no rain on the land to to judge this king Ahab. And then Elijah did. (laughs) Um, It got to the point where God said to Elijah after three and a half years, all right, now I want you to present yourself to Ahab and, and, uh, as Elijah was praying, and I need you to pray, and I'll send rain again. And, God, and Elijah did, and God did. So the, this is the amazing thing. God wants us to come to a different level in prayer, not just having our prayer life be not just need-based, but having it be so when we're praying, the things that God needs and wants to happen in the world can happen through us as we hear from him. This is a totally different level. And I believe that when we hear from God especially something in prayer, uh, we can expect to see some results, you know, some, some amazing results. This is a deeper, a deeper thing. And and God does not have a plan B, you know, for how he's, how he's at work in the world. God's plan A is the church. If God had a plan B, it would be Him and it would be done by now. All right? If God had a plan B, it would be He Himself, and He would be done by now. We would be in eternity, everything would be perfect. But God has willed it that human beings play an integral role and and that the church be God's plan A for bringing the message of salvation to the world. And so God really wants us to flip our notion of prayer, not just from God I need this, but from God being able to say to us, as we are single-minded in prayer, as we are walking in that righteousness, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to talk to this person. I need you to... Look at the way he's he's spoken to MJ about the Fair Trade Expo. This is just stuff that God does. God said to MJ, I was with MJ in Bosnia when this happened in 2005. Uh, Me, Pastor Bo, Christy, and MJ, and Connie were there together. And God said, I need you to do this. and, And he spoke through her heart, through her passion for the Bosnian people. And, you know, we haven't seen the end of that word from God yet in her life. This is the kind of relationship God wants with all of his children. And I think it's a place we find our greatest fulfillment to in following God's word to us. Uh, so God has no plan B. He also doesn't have a plan B when it comes to the church and people that are wandering from the truth and wandering into sin. Uh, if God had a plan B, it would be him, and he would just directly get people back who are falling away. Um, we think about Paul. He was on the road, and God struck him blind and spoke to him and all that. That's not really God's typical way of doing things. In the church, God has given us the responsibility of turning people who are in the fellowship, who are in sin or wandering from the truth. He's given us the responsibility to each other in the church. Um, He's given us the responsibility. Let's read on in verse uh, 19. We're closing out with this. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So, if someone is wandering from the truth, if someone is in sin in the church, if you notice that someone just stops coming with no explanation, if you notice that someone's behavior has changed in a way that they're kind of being destructive. Uh, if, you, if you hear that someone's upset about something, but the reason that you're hearing through the grapevine is it's just sort of a smokescreen, like, what's going on here? What's going on with this person? You know, m- most of our tendency is not to confront the person or have, have anything like that. But the Bible is telling us we are responsible, once we notice someone is wandering from the truth or living in sin, we're responsible to talk to that person in love and just see what's going on with them. And why is this important? Because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. When people wander from the truth, this is what happens. People, we are very fragile, okay? We're just very fragile. We're much more fragile than we think we are. That's why people are able to rationalize doing certain things like, oh, I'll, I'll go back to God later. It doesn't always work that way. We actually damage our, our hardware in some ways sometimes when we go into sin and it just sits there between us and God. And we, ha- we have, though God is present everywhere around us, we have a hard time feeling his presence. When we go to pray, we have a hard time sensing his, sensing his love and grace because there's this outstanding sin and wandering between us and God. And really, someone can become very lost in, in, in sin. Someone can become very lost in wandering. We've had people in our fellowship who have wandered away from the truth and they're, they're just gone. And like now it would be really hard to talk to them. Uh, but you, church, you know, you can tell when people are not quite right. You can tell when people are having trouble in their marriage, when people are having trouble um, with sin, when people just aren't showing up. And God is saying, pursue these conversations in love. And, and why, why is it so important? Because the wages of sin is death, and this person is walking into death. And when you save them, what does it say? I closed my Bible prematurely. Uh, Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. When you go after someone, it might be awkward, it might be something you dread doing for a week or two before you actually end up doing it. It might be something you freak out and pray about incessantly like, oh God, this is crazy. But it's, and, and that's just the people, people pleaser in you. You, know? you just don't want to ruffle feathers, you don't want to be a jerk. But if you confront someone in love and humility and con- true concern, it's really appreciated usually by that person even if they don't show it. They might even lash out at you, but, but they will feel loved if you do it in the right way. And that person could be saved from, the, from death. You know, this is really important. So I, I just I think this is a really good thing to put into practice. Con, you know, going after people who are in sin or wandering from the truth, and I think the best way to practice it is in the love and grace of Jesus Christ. The love and grace of Jesus Christ. It's with love, but, let, but let's not pretend this is someone else's responsibility. You know, the, God's plan A for returning people Uh, to himself, is the body. Being aware of the people that are in it and being aware of who needs a nudge. Who needs a bump. Who needs love. Who needs coffee. Who needs dinner. You know, call call them up. Take them out. So, uh, So today, I just really wanted to talk about this idea that you have the power to do very effective prayers just by the nature of you being righteous through Christ, by the nature of you being single-minded in your devotion to Jesus. And if you're not single-minded, confess it to someone and get prayed for. Elijah was just like us. Uh, He figured out a depth of his relationship with God where he wasn't only asking God for things, but God was asking him for things, and he was doing them. Amazing, for the glory of God. And then thirdly, we are God's plan A for those who wander from the faith. Uh, God desires that none should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. When someone is... By the way, the same word for, for saved uh, is the same word that's used for someone who uh, comes back to Christ after a period of wandering. So it's, it's, it's really very important to think uh, that, that turning someone back to Christ, restoring them, is just as important sometimes as someone's initial salvation. That can be just as important, and you can be a part of that in the body. Uh, so with these things in mind, we're going to pray, and uh, I'll dismiss us. And Jackie and I are going to hang out by the couches. As I said, we're happy to answer any questions you may have. And uh, thank you for your extra five minutes, or ten minutes. Yeah, here I go, right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you all the praise and the glory for, your, for just the word that you've given us today. Uh, We want to be people that pray effective prayers. We want to be people that can be used by you and not just use you for what you can give to us, but can actually be agents of your will on this earth. We want to be people who love in such a way that we notice when people are wandering and are in trouble and we rescue them um, with your help. We pray that you'd make us this kind of people. We lift up your name, we glorify your name. Um, You are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen.